Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Good, how are you? Good, good. Before we go start of the, the news, what's been happening at Belmore, I like mm. to call it. Uh, we just want to pay tribute to Bob Fulton, a uh, legend of the game, Bozo. Not just that, a legend of the radio world as well. Had a mm. really good show of 2GB. Uh, sadly passed away on the weekend, uh, I believe on the Sunday, when uh, Power Reversing Manly. Um, just only good time to see Manly actually win something. Fitting time for them to win. Uh, but we just want to pay our respects to a rugby league great on our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's go into the let's go into the show. Uh, we got some naughty boys this week. Sione Katoa and Chris Smith being both been done for a crusher tackle. Uh, both missing a match. Thoughts on that? The the yeah, one charge. weekend sufficient. Sufficient. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also, the Bulldogs have released their Indigenous jersey for 2021. I personally am a massive fan of it. I absolutely love mm. the artwork behind it. I love the fact that there is a circle uh, with with eight rings around it to represent the eight premierships. A very Indigenous style, but mm-hmm. linking the uh, premierships. They talk about the waterfall, uh, the waterways, the totems of Rod Silver on it as well. The, uh, the direct totem as well in one of the uh, hands, and as well as uh, ones for Elliot and Chris Smith. The, the current Indigenous players, Rod Silver probably being the most high-profile uh, Bulldogs Indigenous player. I love it. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, it's not visually appealing to me. Um, I'll say to you before we hit record, I'd prefer teams to keep their regular design and then create your Indigenous or any special type of jersey uh, for any event based off that. Kind of like what the Roosters have done. And, and still Penrith. looks, yeah, Penrith yeah. Uh, to a lesser extent, but still there. Penrith have a traditional de- Penrith design with um, a lot of Indigenous uh, imagery on it. And the Roosters have gone with a, well, pretty much their traditional jersey with um, shadows of Indigenous uh, imagery throughout the jersey so that's the way i prefer look it looks kind of stripey but not really bulldogs butcher stripes i would have preferred a white jersey with a blue um with a blue v that was dot painting okay fair enough it, uh the jersey uh i i understand all the meaning behind it and all that and all that's great like that's really good that all that could be incorporated but i'm just talking from a visually appealing side of things i'm not a fan Fair enough. The jersey represents the reflection of the past uh, with Indigenous people, uh, the way they've been treated. Of course, we won't go into too much of that. How uh, they, how hopefully the relate they can build and using this round. I think it's an awesome round. It brings a thing a bit of bit of awareness sometimes that, you know, it wasn't so long ago when you think about it. Mm. So I think the, the the round concept's good. I like the jersey. I think it's awesome. I think it's. I, I think it looks visually. I think that they did a great job. But I suppose it's each to your own. I guess sometimes you can't please them all yeah. when it comes to jersey designs. Great, great round there. So uh, everyone get out to the games this week and enjoy. Um, or if you can get out to the games and uh, enjoy some good football, hopefully. Yeah, uh, I think there will be. But uh, we'll now have to go into the uh, 
Bulldogs versus Titans. Uh, Gold Coast yeah. Titans running away winners, uh, 30 points to 20 at Seabus uh, Super Stadium. I almost called it Skilled Park then for a second. Uh, the old name of it, Seabus <laughs> Super. Well, successful back then. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> the back of my mind. A uh, bit of talking points from this game. Uh, con- I, I suppose somewhat controversial was the situation of Jared Wallace, the Dylan Arpa Sidenbin. Not so much the actual sin binning of Dylan Arpa. Mm. The fact that it was picked up that Jared Wallace was carrying around with this massive head yeah. injury just to score a try about 45 seconds later after he got the penalty. It's been spoken about and it's been rumours that clubs have, you know, the players are saying this is not the fabric of rugby league, this is the way we need to play. But then yet when they cop a, a smack on the chops, they're the mm-hmm. fir- some of these players are the first to roll around, complain about the rules, but then use it to get a penalty. I mm. don't know. I'm thinking there's got to be a mandatory if you go down. If we're talking about head knocks are serious, if mm. Jared Wallace does that holding his head, I think he's got to go to a mandatory HIA. Yeah, I would agree. If a player goes down holding their head, they should, and the game has to stop, the player should go for a 15-minute HIA. But in saying that, I don't understand why players are laying down. Now, obviously, a lot of people out there are going because they want the penalty and the sil But I put it to this. How many games have you seen this year when something's happened on tackle two and then on tackle five, the game stops and comes back for the foul play penalty on tackle two. Yeah, it's happened a few Re- times the last two weeks. It yeah. happened, it's happened a lot. Regardless of whether Jared Wallace stays down or not, that's going to be picked up anyway. And Lapa's going to go to the bin anyway. So I'm not really sure why players feel the need to stay down. I'm with you. Send them off if they stay down. If they get hit in the head and stay down for a penalty, send them off for 15 minutes to go get checked. But if you're a player, you don't need to stay down because it's being checked by the bunker a couple Post, of moments yeah. later, a couple of seconds later. And the only thing you do is stop your team, stop your team's momentum and perhaps a chance at your team scoring. And so I'm get, like... get up, play the ball quickly, give, you a chance, give your team the chance to score. And if you don't... Um, Nine times out of t- well, ninety-nine percent of the time, the bunker's going to pull that up, especially if it's a silbin offence. Actually, there was one game on the weekend where the ball actually the set finished and the ball went to the other team, and they still went back to send somebody. I think it was Seagulls and Manly. So, oh, Seagulls and Power. Sorry, Seagulls <laughs> and Manly are the same team. Um, <laughs> Seagulls and Power on Sunday. So, so don't stay down. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Well, that's the thing I think to get rid of it because we don't like people faking injuries. We never have. But we do accept the fact that when you do get injured, you d- deserve the ultimate care, especially when it comes around the head and neck region. We can agree on that. But when Here's you're faking... Point, Scott. What about you stand up if you get hit in the head and you do a intentional knock-on? When the referee calls knock-on, you go challenge. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I like that. You hit but... me head, ref. Get him into the bin. <laughs> I'll tell you what. These prop forwards won't be faking these high tackles if that was the mandatory rule because no disrespect to Jared Wallace but let's all face it props are the thickest of the bunch when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the uh, you know the old stereotype the props are the, the you know the thicker ones you know your hearts and your backs are the thinkers the props are just the doers I'd just uh, like to say to all NRL prop forwards of you as Scots yeah, yeah okay. I'm only I'm joking of course but you know I mean I've yeah, been involved that's the old, in... the old adage, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I was just joking, but like you know, you would like you. I heard Tom Leroy Lars a few years ago. That's an old name that you haven't heard much in rugby league circles. When that first started coming out, like you know, you haven't heard him much recently. recently. Yeah. Yeah, but he's 
uh, New South Wales State of Origin, when the HIA was a big thing where you had to go off if you showed any signs of concussion. So that's where, if you showed any signs of concussion, laying on the ground is showing a sign of concussion when you're holding your head is mm-hmm. the first sign. Anyway, Tom Leroy Lyle said, Yo, what does it do for you? And he goes, well, I'm definitely not going to try to show any signs of concussion out there because he goes, I don't think I can pass it when I'm not concussed. And mm-hmm. he said his biggest concern is, I think he missed two games where he said he was feeling good, but he couldn't pass a test. He was really struggling to pass the test, and he goes, "No, uh, I'm just not that smart." Like he goes, "I'm just a rugby league player," and that's what he said, not me. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. But my old joke is that if you're a football player who you can't remember the months gone backwards, is one of the tests, and they tell you yeah, to do the months backwards, or they give you five random objects and tell them to repeat it back in the exact order, is another test. I don't think but I'd pass the month test. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. So when you get hit in the head <laughs> in a game, when I get hit in the head in the game, if, yeah. if unless if I'm genuinely hurt from this mm. high tackle, which Jared Wallace wasn't, mm. I would be definitely getting up and playing the ball and just be like, breath, look, look mm. at the red mark on my head. Or, you know, they you don't even need to do that. The bunker will check. Yeah. But another thing is actually what I liked about it, Dylan Napa, the big, uh, the mm. big prop, he was fired up. The big redhead prop fired up. He was mm. re- ready to pick a fight with any Gold Coast Titan player who was willing to <laughs> chat back. And it looked like Anthony Don was going to go toe-to-toe with him at the way he was going off the field. I'll tell you I, what I liked about it, the way the team reacted. When that little bit happened, I thought, oh, there goes any chance we've got of actually winning this game. But we got through that period and we're still in the game to that point. So I think that was the most positive sign uh, from a Bulldogs point of view. That's true. That gets me into my next topic. Next talking point, I should say, of the game is did you genuinely believe we could win it? So at 24-20 with a handful of minutes on the clock, uh, there was that real hype around the... Can they do it? Did you actually think yeah, the we were going to talk to them? Look, for the game, I thought we were no hope. We were predicting Gold Coast 30 nil half time sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, look, disappointing game again. We were we were riding some momentum going towards the end there. So when it was 24 20, I, I had the faith. I thought that we could maybe get a 26 24 victory. We just needed one more try. Um, and we definitely had the opportunities to do so. Yeah. So, yeah, look. I think that's what, one of the points that hurts even more out of this game is you go into the game thinking you're no chance. and you get that close, it makes it hurt even more. I actually genuinely believe we had no chance. At 24-20, I thought it didn't reflect Gold Coast's actual dominance of the game. I thought they were much... Oh, Domino's played... Domino's. Gold Coast played shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were... They Gold, Coast, Gold Coast were off, but we were so much worse. So I still felt like Gold Coast were always going to win it. I've always felt it was comfortable. I felt like AJ Brimson was almost playing cat and mouse. So I need to. Well, no, we're down by. We're up by four. I better score. We better score a try near the post to really steal the game with a couple of minutes to go. I never. I ne- any doubt. I was thinking, watching. I was like, AJ will do something. AJ Brimson will do something. He'll steal the game. I never thought once in any confidence that we would do anything special to win the game. Yeah. I'll cop, uh, I'll cop that. I won't cop Gold Coast dominance. There wasn't I, a dominance for Gold Coast. I, you Gold like, Coast I feel like Gold Coast were probably more like... I felt a reflection of the score would be 30-10. to 10. And I felt that's how poor Bulldogs were playing. I think Gold Coast would be very disappointed that they let a team like Canterbury get that many points in that game. I felt like it was never in doubt for them. I felt like they were confident the whole way through. I don't yeah, think they were worried at 24-20. I think they were like, okay, let's seal this I off. I think you're used to losing and not giving enough credit there. The boys weren't no, that far off. I think, yeah, I think Gold Coast were definitely nowhere near where they should be. And even right. when they're not nowhere near they should be, I feel like they were still comfortable. And that's where I think we're at. We're, we're going against teams where 
when they play at the a poor style where we where they know they can be a lot better, we're still not good enough to beat their them at their poorest. And that's yeah. where I think we're at. Yeah, we're not going as bad as it looks. I think no, I think it, it reflects where we're at. I honestly no, genuinely think that you season... never you never go as good as Penrith are not going as good as it looks, and the Bulldogs are not going as bad as it looks. It's always been that way, it always will be. Okay, I think it genuinely reflects where we're at. Where when teams go poor against us, we still struggle and we struggle and we lose. The old rugby league story. You're never going as good as they say you are, you're never going as bad as they say you are. Okay, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, another thing is I wanted to talk about Jacob Rillo goal kicking could have pushed us into 24 or at the end that might have made me have some belief, but I would have never thought, I don't think I would have thought we would win. I think AJ would have done something. AJ Brimson, that is, that would have sealed the game, that it felt like he was in a league of his own out there. I feel like there was, he was, I don't know, it just felt like every time he touched the ball, how good he looked, and he felt like he was so much better than anyone else on the field, including Gold Coast players as well as Canterbury players. And I feel like he would have, when he wanted to close the game, he was going to. Um, but yeah, the goal kicking definitely did hurt. He has got a decent record of goal kicking, but he has the... Uh, the uh, Adage of missing those easy ones, those easier looking ones. So, I don't know if that's if Kyle Flanagan was playing, if he nails both of them and we go 24 all with a couple of minutes to go. I don't know, but I felt like you know, you can't miss just two goals, especially when we haven't won games. We need to start, we need to really kick goals. I know it's harsh, it's a harsh one to say. Mm. I'm not trying to not digging on his performance, but when we don't score many points, when we 20 is the highest we've scored all year. Yeah, that's, how that's, poor that's disappointing. And you're right, we, at, we're at a stage where we are well behind the rest of the competition and we do need everything to go right to get a win. Yeah, including we need to the goal kicking. Yeah, Absolutely. To... But look, I'm not going to. He was 17 oh, from 20 in his career before going into that game. So that's he what's seven great, goals in his career. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, even if you, like, really, you can only say he probably should have kicked one more, really. And that doesn't change anything. Yeah, okay. I'll give that. I just more thinking of the thing when we need to win. You just gotta. Unfortunately, I know. I know you're scoring on the sideline. We just need those ones to go over. Like you said, to give us any chance of winning games. Mm. That's what I've got from that game. We could highlight some players. I've actually got a couple of highlighted players before we give the points. If that's all right. Do you have anyone to highlight? Uh, there's a couple. If you look at the statistics, there's a couple of good, like workhorse type performances in there, but. Uh, it wasn't good breeding overall. I want to give uh, Nick Kotrick uh, a rap. Uh, very, very dangerous uh, with the ball in hand. I think he's getting better the last few weeks, uh, becoming a bit of a threat uh, with the thing. Just, you know, 16 runs, 153 metres, 31 post-contact metres, seven tackle breaks, uh, two line breaks. Uh, he made the seven tackles. And he also, of course, went over for a try in that game against the Gold Coast Titans. That's up there for like you know some of the Morris type of stats. Impact yeah, game. So that's he's awesome. He's an elite winger. Yeah, so I wanted to highlight him. Very close to getting I'm points. I'm glad he's on the wing too. Now yeah. he's playing better on it, isn't he? Well, he's a winger. Yeah, and I'm going to give Aaron. I was, I'm going to say what the Fox Sports commentary. Yeah, everyone's calling him Shop. Shop, yeah. I thought it was Shoop. Yeah, obviously the, the U is silent. So it's a shop. I want to give him a rap. With the elongated 
at the end of it. Shop. Yeah. I want to give him a wrap. 13 runs, 127 metres. That's almost 10 metres a run at every time. 45 post-contact metres, a tackle break. Six tackles, zero missed tackles. Very impressive debut. Um, he reminded me a little bit of Matt Dury making his debut. Fair enough. He's in very different positions, different style of play. But what I mean is that well, the overwhelming thought after Matt Dury made his debut was, man, he's a Bulldog player. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to go there because you said that. I remember you saying that after Matt Dury. And Aaron, Aaron Shoup. Yeah. All right, be a long, uh, he's got the potential to be a long-term Bulldog player as well. These are the kids that we need to come through now and build the team around long-term. I got. It. I, I mean, this is a massive call, and I don't want to put him under any pressure. But when you said Matt Dury could be like Josh Jackson, yeah, I'm going to say Aaron, Aaron Shoup could be Josh Morris. Josh Morris. <laughs> I could say he's got a bit of potential. Uh, what it reminds me of New South Cup, and I know it's obviously a different level, but mm. I've seen him a bit. He kind of reminds me of a bit of Josh Morris, but also like a bit of a Bradman Best type of dominance at centre, where how Bradman mm. Best just like the Newcastle well, Knights centre for those who are listening, he just kind of like trains it like he looks like a train running at people sometimes it looks like it's hard to think josh morris has got that type of thing he he just looks like something that if something's not happening he could make something yeah he definitely he definitely fit in the nrl level and uh, hopefully like it's his first game hopefully going forward he could have more of an impact on games as he yeah. feels more and more comfortable in himself within the games but i'll tell you what he definitely looked the part i it, i tell you one thing like Playing your debut, you're meant to be nervous. Apparently, this guy has got a bit of confidence about him, which is a good thing. It seems uh, all to these days, don't they? Yeah, they. Oh, you get the old one now. Yeah. <laughs> now, it was like the old one when you looked at Morgan Harper making his debut, and he had the bit of the tear mm. in the the sheds and all that. Uh, apparently, Aaron backs himself, and he backs himself in training, and he wants to. He, he's constantly apparently pushing the top thirty. He's not even in the top thirty, by the way. He's all pushing. Developed. Yeah, he's yeah. pushing everyone. So he's a good. Uh, Player has been killing it for the Mounties in the New South Cup and all the opportunities. I still go back to that trial I saw him in. Uh, it was the first time I've seen him in person, like the person watching him play, not on a tele- uh, TV screen, and him ripping through. There was a pass, I think it was from Dean Britt, what fell back and missed its target, and he picked it up from, he had to bend over, pick the ball up. He spun himself out of a tackle, then ran 70 metres, all by himself stepping the fullback and scoring. And I was like, if you can do that at any level, You've got something about you. That you... How good how good's that real though? That after round ten you could pick any player connected to your club. Oh, you okay. don't have to be top thirty, you don't need an exemption. Any player that's playing for one of your clubs in anywhere of the reserve grades or the junior games, you yeah, can well, pick them. How good opens, is that? It opens players like Declan Casey. Well it gives a team like the Bulldogs a really good opportunity because normally we've had we've seen it in previous years, we've we've been out of it. And you can't do anything. You've got to use the same players over and over and over. You can't really build and grow going forward. Now, we can bring in Aaron Shoup. We can start Matt Dury. Um, I reckon those were great selections. Matt Dury starting for the first time. Aaron Shoup making his debut. More players through. They can put pressure on these players on big money in the top 30 for their spot, but then build towards the future. You might say, well... One of the criticisms is that the Broncos are going to rebuild or the Bulldogs are going to rebuild or the Sharks are rebuilding. Where are they getting the players from? Well, now you've got your pathways opened up to the NRL again. Yeah, There yeah. they are. Like, 
I, Super I like might it. replace Hoppawati in the top 30 or, yeah. or whatever. That's just an example. Um, a player in the top 30 might not have his top 30 spot next year because of a player coming up. And that yeah. was so much harder under the old rule. So it's great. Yeah. And I like the fact that if you're playing 20, you're 26 years old in this Oz Cup and people are like, that's it, you're gone. It just has that the door still is ajar, which is awesome. But like you said, like you've got people like Declan Casey, who's not in the top 30. Mm. Uh, he's the fullback. He plays a bit of fullback for the Mounties. He looks pretty good. He looks a bit of like a live wire fullback. Um, Watson Hartella, I'm pretty sure it's pronunciation of his name. He was the 19th man on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Mounties a he's Mount- a unit. Yeah, uh, Mounties like winger. Have a, have a go yeah. sometime this year. Yeah, so you look at those type of players that uh, uh, spring to mind. Uh, so, like, just the, those first two that I've just seen. Um, I mean, obviously they need to obviously still work hard for it, but it just you know, right now, like they'll be jumping out of their skin. You know, when they Absolutely. get a chance to train in the top thirty, when they're training at the Mounties or whatever, or wherever they train, I don't know where. Um, Making a good impression with Mick Potter to pass that back on to Trent Barrett and see if they can get a, a training start there for a couple of days or whatever to really push their claims and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously leaving it on the football field as well. So, Alrighty. That's awesome. So let's get to the points. Mm-hmm. You announce it. I'll just say that this week we've both picked the same player for t- the two points and both picked the same player for one point. So <laughs> yeah. three points to the player. He got the one point and five points to the player. They got the two points, and uh, uh, it doesn't really change much. <laughs> no, I give the uh, we've given the one point to Dallin Watanay Salesniak. Twenty-two runs, two hundred eleven meters, fifty-seven post-contact meters, uh, one tackle break. Um, he's starts the sets really well, and I think with the way our forward pack is at the current moment, he's probably the best uh, fitted fullback for us. To get us off to those good starts. Yeah, right now, absolutely. Yeah. So well, like 200 metres from fullback. Brilliant. And a lot of the times he's doing those hard runs, he kind of has that Roger Tuvasa check about him. Uh, more Carmichael, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I just he, he runs through the middle. Like, I know from the kickoff thing, but he's not afraid to take a run in the middle of the set, which you see Roger do a lot of. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm... Trebrojevic. Yeah. yeah, that type of thing. Uh, and then the two points uh, goes back to the British Bulldog. He's had a few weeks off my uh, point scoring list. He's given mm. everyone a shot, he said. I've heard, I think he's told me, uh, for this uh, award. But he's 22 runs, 186 metres, 66 post-contact metres, four tackle breaks, one offload, and 27 tackles. Not a bad day in the office for Luke Thompson. I think, God, he needs some help out there. Oh, I've covered that <laughs> how many times? Um, yeah. But I'll just say, a couple of weeks ago, I did a, um, I think a hot take saying that Luke Thompson will be remembered more fondly than James Graham. <laughs> and um, tell you what, I think he's on his way, mate. Yeah. These performances every week, almost. I think it was just one week or two weeks that he was down or not as good as the bar that he set so high. In a team coming last, we proved to be a top eight team <laughs> for his leadership. And he keeps performing like that for the next 10 years. He's well on his way, man. I actually think he's a captain in waiting. Yeah, that's potential. Yeah. Potential. Uh, I think there's a few, actually, um, young players. It depends which way, uh, when Josh Jackson finishes, how old he is then, and how old some other players are that are also potentially a captain. Because, uh, like, uh, I think Matt Dury, myself. by the time Jackson retires, might be there. Jackson, Jackson Company. Company. 
Uh, I think there's some candidates. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing, though. Yep. It's a headache you want to have. Uh, okay, let's uh, look for this week. It is the... We go all the way out to Penrith to play the uh, the Panthers. Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff. It's Blue mm. Bet Stadium is the location. It is in NRL Indigenous round like we've touched up from mm-hmm. before. Could you say this is a David versus Goliath clash? Well, you, could, you could say whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> I'm just looking loud. The dogs are at $21 on sports, but I don't think I've seen <laughs> such high odds on a head-to-head game. I wonder what the 13 plus is. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, I think it's, you know, you could just chuck a cheeky $10 if, or $5 at $21. Oh, head to head. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, it just kind of makes you think you just chuck a $5 because you never know. I just was thinking like, what, I mean, you can see the upset of the century apparently. Oh, yeah. I've heard that by somebody uh, this week. Somebody who's not a Bulldogs fan has said that the dogs will win this weekend. Tell you what, if they do, I'm not going to work next week. <laughs> yep. Call and then you'll leave on at four o'clock uh, sorry, five PM Saturday. Scotty. I'm looking at the sports bet big win, little win, which is yep. the margin tipping. Bulldogs to win by thirteen plus is paying two hundred and one dollars. Well you chuck five dollars on that as well. <laughs> There's your two five dollars. Never know. Oh Jake Everlight field goal kick in the seventy ninth minute when they're up by twelve to hit thirteen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, so that kind of highlights the fact that twenty-one dollars. I actually haven't seen people over ten before on sports bet or anything like that. Well, it's, seen... it's happened before, but far out. Two hundred and one dollars at thirteen plus. Mm. Just cheeky one dollar on that, you know. Far. <laughs> yeah, and you got got dinner sorted. Yeah, yeah. Good night sorted. Uh, but yeah, it kind of highlights the fact that <sighs> Panthers are playing great footy. They just smashed yeah, yeah. out Sydney out of the park with Latrell Mitchell, Adam Reynolds back. People were saying, watch out when these players come back. Panthers said, oh, please. But you know who I'm really liking this Panthers squad? I think you might have heard of him, this young center named Matt Burton. I'm so glad <laughs> we got him for next year. How good is he going? So if he scores a... Tell you what, I'm more convinced by the week that he should be playing center for us next year. Well, imagine Jake Everlewin and Kyle Flanagan in the house, like I said <laughs> earlier, uh, for next year. But you just kind of think that, you know, if Matt Burton does star in this game... You know, you get as sad as you get, you kind of have a little cheeky smirk, like he. <laughs> <laughs> get he's coming to Canterbury. All right, no, no, I'm thinking about stuff. us. I'm thinking about yeah. us. Like he just, like, we have a bit of a smile when Panthers. If Panthers win sixty nil, by the looks of it, sports bet reckon mm. sixty nil is going to happen by half time or whatever. But if Matt Burton's the star, which he was at Dubbo mm. against South Sydney Rabbitohs, yeah. If Matt Burton stars in this match, well, maybe wins. Matt Burton could just step out of the way a few times. Yes, maybe let, he can. let a few tries in. Um, maybe Penrith. Here you go. Here's a storyline for you. Apparently, some players are concerned about losing their origin spot with a with a high tackle suspension. And there was reports that I think up to ten Penrith players were being considered for origin spots. So perhaps they just take the tackles a little bit softer. Don't want to reach up high. Don't want to lose that origin jersey. Dogs somehow stay in it. <laughs> but I mean, there's multiple things that can happen. You you never yeah. count the fact that injuries could happen. Panthers could take us lightly. Five and... players could be sent off in the forfeit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jack Harrington, you know. Well, that's a storyline. 
How is Everton going to go this week against Penrith? Oh, if he gets sent off there too, like he's just returned from this game against Penrith. <laughs> it's like the NRL suspended him and said, when are we versing, when are you guys versing yeah. Penrith at Penrith, your old yeah. club? Um, no, but in saying that, like, it, you just never know. Like, it's one of those ones as well, like, Penrith's are a professional out, outfit. Yeah. But when you have one of those days when you're like, yeah, this is going to be easy, like, it can be easy. Yeah. Something, some like you can do that in any job. Something just seems to pull and target you. So, some they're going to lose eventually, and I reckon they'll probably lose to a team that's not an elite team. But I can't see it happening this week. Yeah, but I could just see a sense of if it's like twenty. I don't know. Like we, we, what we do with South, like the twenty twenty five minutes against South, mm. that first one. If you remember back to the Good Friday, we'll toe to toe. We're actually dominating South. So we just couldn't score a try. We'll had the field position, all the possession. The ones we dropped the ball, Souths were too good, scored the try, and then you just kind of felt some of the boys, you know, we said we had all the ball, we just couldn't score. You can see some of the boys getting really frustrated themselves. Then another error turns to another Souths try, and it just felt like the more they scored, the more you could see the players switching off. Mm. They, they were just very frustrated because they had all the opportunity, just couldn't ice any of them. I kind of feel that is going to be the same with this game here, where we could go 25 or 30 minutes with Penrith, and mm. just make it a real grinding match and defend really well. But yeah. I feel like an error, like we just don't have that polish in us or that mm. execution. And it'll be a silly error by someone like, you know, probably a fresh player getting excited, taking mm. a hit up or whatever, drops the ball. And then Penrith, because they've got the class for the cattle, mm. they'll win on. and they'll probably win 40 nil. But you'll go, hey, Canterbury in that 20 minutes. They yeah, possibly. Look, anything could happen. They could blow us off the field in the first 10 as well. Yeah, and then only, this... only win by 30 and just hold on to it. Hey, Who you... knows? I'm going to Matt... say Penn... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say Matt Norland's the referee, so... Hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was going to say, if Penrith... You run for the team squad very... Uh, the uh, Bulldog squad very shortly because there is actually mm. a, few, a handful of changes. We'll have a yeah. quick chat about that. But if Penrith dominate us from the get-go, mm. they are really well coached. It is very hard when you're coming dead first and a team's coming dead last by themselves. Yeah, and look, to we'll really take, bring yourself up to this. We'll take a little break in a second because I've emptied my glass, <laughs> so we will fill that up. But um, what I was going to say is that um, what if this was Trent Barrett's plan all along? Oh, risking getting sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Just Elias put the Panthers into a false sense of security and the Bulldogs to come out and f- wipe the floor with them. Well, if Trent Barrett wins this week, <laughs> he lost the one at Bankwest, which was our home ground. If he wins this week, we will see things similar to the scenes where he won and that uh, professor from the Matty John show <laughs> had that video of him stripping to yeah. win with the, with the music box, the radio, mm. whatever. We will actually see Trent Barrett go to the press conference, I think, shirtless. <laughs> and I think we're under a few sherbets as well, if you know what I mean. He's going to have oh, a few I thought, you said he, I thought you were going to say he'd be crying on the sidelines like the, um, the Sharks. Oh, he, he will. He'll have a few beers with the boys. He'll come back and said, never in doubt. Yeah. Like, have... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we trained all off-season for, boys. Uh, anyway. And I don't know why he didn't do it at round one. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, but... Let's go for the team. Yeah. This week, the team lineup. Dallin is the fullback. Watelli's a Leslie Ark. Steve um, Allen's disappointed. What a name. What a, what a name. All right. Uh, Nick Cottridge on the wing with Nick Meany. In the centres, Will Hopawari and Aaron Shop. Uh, in the halves, 
Brandon Wakeham at 5'8 for Gel and Jake Abarillo. Starting props back from a say long range suspension. It was long range, yeah. Jack Edrington and Luke Thompson at Hooker. Jackson Topany. Second row, Adam Elliott and Matt Dury. The lock is Captain Josh Jackson, who returns from his first ever injury. Or first ever injury that's kept him out of the game. On the bench, Bradley Dietz, Joe Stimson, Dylan Napa, and Arva Sinamatafungai. On the reserve list, Kyle Flanagan, Corey Waddell, Tui Katawa, and Rodolf Ottoni. Interesting. Uh, selection in the sense of Joe Stimson just kind of snuck back in the team. But played really well against on a losing side uh, for the Mounties this week, which we'll go over very shortly. But was, yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I don't mind it, to be honest. Uh, so, Ofehiki Ogden, not in the team at all. Not in the 21 there. Ran off a Tony, not in the 17. Arvo goes back to the bench. Um, so, Elliot Aduri stayed in the second row. Jackson starting at lock. Um, centers are good. The halves, I'd switch them. I told you last week, I still don't like Wakeham in six. But they've been playing well. Mm. Uh, I think we've got a lot out of them. Um, I guess the one that has the biggest question is Jackson Topoli starting hooker. Yeah, that's a weird one. one that most fans would be asking why. I like it. I li- Remember his debut game? Yeah, I did. I he played, what, 65 minutes at hooker? Uh, 70-something, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. Lewis, yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't prepared for that. Uh, it played really, really well. It was really impressive. Um, the best Bulldog debut since Matt Dury. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately for Jackson, it was only about eight months earlier, <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah, and look, I, I reckon he'll definitely handle it. Um, big body at hooker as well, uh, so defensive-wise. That's he, what I think it pretty, was He's pretty agile as well. Um, Bradley Dietz has only been playing 30 minutes tops. Uh, hasn't, hasn't really had the impact on the game that we might have thought he would have had after watching him in the preseason. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad decision at all, to be honest. I think it's a defense the first 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I reckon, I reckon you'll probably play the majority of the game at hooker. Oh, yeah, I think you will. But I think it's that first 20 where you got on the grind where you don't want, like, a small body. I mean, mm. Deeds can defend, but having Moses Leota run at you all the time with that motor, mm. and they use that as a rhyme, uh, with the Pampers, him running at you. Uh, you got Isaiah, who's just constantly in the middle threatening people, and it will just keep running at people who looks off. I think that what makes Isaiah such a good player for Penrith, and a very underrated player, is he can uh, see a chink in your armour and constantly go after it mm. until he gets what he wants out of it. And I think he's underrated in that sense. Um, so that's where I think Jackson Topany comes in with that. You know, he's a he's a naturally a back rower. That's where his position is. With He's a back rower with a lot of skill. And mm. That's where I think the defensive thing. Uh, another one I, I thought was a bit odd in the reserve list. All the reserve list players are named to play for the Mounties this week, mm. except for Kyle Flanagan, which would be an interesting one if that He's means anything. But why we keep naming him in our 21? Because we're, yeah, such, we're I know. such... If that's the case, then we're such a dumb side because we've done that a couple of times so what, that we what, keep naming injured players in our squad. Well, what the, what the um, sounds of things is that he's had a rib cartilage injury. For a while, kind of makes sense. Remember back the first couple of games of the year, we were round like, one, yeah, really good. I think he got a couple of points on our Player of the Year award. He's doing really well. And then he had this huge sort of dive in performance, 
Um, I reckon he'll still come good. We've already talked about that. But um, he was targeted heavily by all the teams in the trials, in the early rounds of football. And it's come out later that he's had some rib cartilage issues and he's been playing with it. Yeah. So obviously, they're saying that if he's good enough to play, as in health-wise, injury-wise, um, we'll put him into the NRL. That's, so, the, that's the way I read it. Um, it's I reckon it's not worth risk. They, they've made the decision that it's not worth risking in a game for the Mounties. Okay. But if he feels good to play, we'll consider him in the NRL. I hope you're right, because... Mm. You look at the report saying he was dropped, and you could see Kyle Flanagan getting emotional. That was before he got dropped. He was playing the, the rib cartilage for four weeks. So yeah. he technically was still dropped. But it's pro- it might be a blessing in disguise to get those ribs right. So he could maybe just... come back in another after the bye or something. It'd be right to go. I hope, he... I hope, I hope you're right. I hope because if he's been dropped and he, they, they've declared him fit enough to play, yeah, I want him to be playing for either. If he's not playing in a row, he's playing for the Mounties on. Yeah, well, Barrett's talked about the injury. Public. Yeah, you know, oh no, I I understand that, and but I'm just saying if he's not, if Jake Overlow and Brandon Wakeham, who've done a pretty decent job yeah. in seven and six, uh, the last couple of weeks, if if Flanagan can't make that seventeen somewhere, even if it's a bench spot, even if it takes out Deets and he comes on and tries to ease him way back into our role, take a bit of pressure off him, which might be the way, um, moving forward, if he's not playing, if he's declared fit. And fit enough to play NRL, he better be playing for the Mounties if he's not in the 17. Because one thing, the only way to make yourself better is by playing football, no matter what level you can play at. And if he can't work on anything and he's sitting there as 18th man all the time, I mean, it'd be a shame that he, if he plays as 18th man against I'll the Panthers on the weekend. It raises some questions over the handling of the dropping, though, doesn't it? Well, you hear stories that clubs protect their players. We've almost done the opposite. Normally, a player will be dropped and he'll be, in quotation marks, injured. Yeah. They'll say, oh, he's he's got a foot injury. He's out for three weeks. So yeah. they, they look after the player so he's not under pressure by fans and the media. Yeah, some niggly injury there where he's been carrying. And all that. He was carrying root cartilage injury. We could have just come out and said that was a new injury and he can't play. Yeah. He's out with room cartilage and protect him from that media shitstorm. Except it's almost like we did it in reverse. It's like he can't play because of his room cartilage. He wasn't playing that well anyway. But he was dropped. <laughs> yeah, when he <laughs> like, faced the media an hour before he got dropped yeah. from yeah, the squad yeah. and he cried very emotionally. Yeah, it was, was very emotional. That, that wasn't about being dropped, though. That was about his father. So. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying that he was emotional as it is. And some people are suggesting in reports, and I'm, some people there on 360, was that he was under the impression that he was still playing that weekend. Yeah. He had to go back in after that to find out that yeah, he wasn't you're not going to... Yeah, yeah, so he's got all emotional over an issue. He's yeah. fronted up the media where the Bulldogs should have said, hey, hey, no, no, no. We put someone else out there instead this week. Yeah, well, yeah, we talked about that back then. But... Yeah, but yeah, that's I just thought it was interesting. And but I'm just saying, if he's fit enough to, if he's declared fit, he's been gone for a couple of weeks now. Mm. He's been named in the 21 every week. I don't know if it's a return from the interchange bench, just you know, give him a couple of minutes, like just to spark something, because we mm. know he can be dangerous. Uh, he he does have that in his game. That might be the way to ease him back into top grade. Well, maybe that is the one change that happens this week. Maybe it's not a good idea to ease him in against the Panthers, but maybe. Oh no! Comes into on the bench for Deets, comes onto the field for 
top of the league, and there's a bit of a switch around of on-field players. I could see Wakem, yeah, Wakem being shifted. I was thinking more Avarillo in my head, but who knows? Oh. All righty, let's Trent take a look. is running this down as we're talking. Trent and I often have late-night conversations about how the team's going. I don't, apparently. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after this. We are back from our break. Uh, we're going to do lower-grade watch now. Just dig deep and just give a few results from our pups, I guess you can call them. Uh, Jersey flag round 11 results. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 42 defeat the Sydney Roosters 14. How sweet is that? Yeah, Bailey Bildiondo, I believe, uh, had a really good game. If you haven't seen the highlights, go check it out. Dominated that game. How good is that? His name's been uh, tagged as a potential player of the future. Yeah, and he played in the NRL trials this year too. And the way we're going, he might get a crack at the NRL at the end of this year. Um, we've got a history of picking players from the under 20s. And, and have you said it? The doors are jarred now open. Yep. Players like that. Anyway, uh, fortunately for the round 11. Oh, sorry, my bad. Round 12, the uh, Canterbury Banks now Bulldogs will versus the Penrith Panthers in the Jersey flag fixture. That's at Blue Bet Stadium. That's 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, we might have a chance of beating the Panthers. Yes, it is. Uh, a, f- a Panthers are coming third, sorry. And the uh, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs are coming fifth. So it's the top of the table. Finals, like, I know it's early days in that competition. and But it's definitely a top of the table clash. And it could be a potential uh, future. The next time these two teams might verse each other might be in the finals. So it's the well, Jersey it's, flag. it's not uh, as early as you, you think it is because they've got a lot of rest and breaks throughout the season. So That's correct, yes. They've got their mm. well-being rounds and stuff like that where they just sit out for a week and some buys coming up as well. Um, the Harvey Norman Women Premiership, the Mounties, this is unstoppable. 82-0 over Cabramatta in round 11. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous scoreline, isn't it? They're just... Oh, if you've been following along in that competition, Cabramatta's being beat by everybody by that amount of points, unfortunately. I uh, yeah. don't think they've got a win yet. I know North beat them by 70 or 80 and the Roosters as well. Fair enough. Uh, but that brings a, a top-of-the-table clash as uh, they versus the North Sydney Bears this week, this weekend. It's Sunday at Bear Park, North Sydney Oval, of course. Uh, currently, the Mounties are sitting at first on the table. They've finally taken first. They've been smashing everyone but seem to be stuck at second for a while. They've taken first over that win. And the Vesna Bears are sitting in fourth. So another potential finals match. So good luck to the girls on the weekend on Sunday. New South Wales Cup, unfortunately, uh, the North Sydney Bears. So this will be revenge for the, uh, the Harvey Norman Women Premiership side. Might get revenge for the New South Wales Cup side because the Bears run away winners 20 points to 10 over the Mounties, uh, which is slightly disappointing because you, half the Bears players are playing for the Sydney Roosters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Quick, quick little comment on that. It's not really bulldog related, but um, great to see some of the Kaviki Silk Tails get their opportunity for either the Sydney Roosters under twenty squad or the North Sydney Bears. Uh, fantastic footage shared by the North Sydney Bears socials of oh. um, the yeah the Fijians singing and and all that sort of stuff together and the cultures coming together. It's fantastic. And the sheds after the game too. Yeah. 
That was cool. Like they were sitting on the team song with them. That was pretty cool. Nice touch. Yeah, that's that was the point. <laughs> no, yeah, but I'm, no, I'm saying that they showed them singing in the fence, but then having them in the sheds after yeah, like, yeah. was insane. Like not just showing. You know, how we always see players making a debut, especially from, uh, I suppose a Pacific Islander background, and they make the debut and they get like a huck or a war dance or a a, tri- a tribal dance mm. to celebrate their debut. It's kind of cool to see them just go, hey, come to the sheds as well. You saw the footage of them yeah, on really the fence good. at full time and then Nin in the sheds about 10 minutes after that uh, singing The Bears Are On The March is their song. Uh, the Mounties, they face a tough clash because they're also going to face the Penrith Panthers this Saturday. This game is 12.40pm, so this one's following straight after the Jersey flag. So that means three grades of footy all at Penrith this weekend, all... Uh, all on Saturday. This one is the first place Penrith Panthers versus the eighth place Mounties. The Mounties have slipped a bit. Uh, a bit of, of the halves can't stay the same by the top Mounties, unfortunately. They're either playing top grade or they're out injured all the time. Um, yeah. And look, the preview for that game goes pretty much just rewind this podcast <laughs> to the preview of the NRL game. It goes the same way. The Penrith Panthers are just as dominant in the Little Isles Cup as they are in the, the NRL Premiership. So. Be a hard game for the Mounties this week. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a hard game. But if I'm Mick Potter, I'm re- I'm showing in the game when they played on uh, Fox Early this year against the Raiders. Mm. This year, and when the Raiders had a star of Corey Harrenau, Corey Horsburgh, Emma Gura, Sam Williams, Caleb Akins, just to name a few of the NRL t- standard of players. And mm. the Mounties were missing quite a few because a couple of them took the trip up to Brisbane that weekend, like Dean Britt and Joe Stimson. And the Mounties just went out and played really good footy. They played very simple style footy, and they actually got the game won. I think they got to strip back to that because the Panthers, like you said, they're doing it in um, NRL and they're doing it in New South Cup as well. And you never know in these cup competitions and if Penrith are going to lose a game in the New South Wales Cup, it might be against a team running in the middle. So there might be a chance there. But I I thought Penrith would have dropped when Matt Burden got promoted. Yeah. They've just continued going strong. So. I hope they've got systems in their place, like not just from the top grade. When everyone talks about top grade, you know, you just get into that position, you mm. do your job. They're doing it in reserve grade as well. I haven't seen Pedro play a lot of games this year uh, in the New South Wales Cup, but uh, from what I have seen, they look to play a very similar game to the NRL team, and I love that. I reckon well, uh, your reserve grade team should be playing the same style of footy as your top grade. But it's amazing and, if... So I was going to say three grades of footy on one day. It takes me back to growing up out that way and going off to uh, Penrith Stadium or Penrith Park. And you know what? I've never been to um, that stadium for a Panthers Bulldogs game. I've been to about probably more than 22 and seen the Bulldogs lose. So maybe I'll have to uh, get out there and be the good luck charm this week. Yeah, there you go. Get out there. Uh, But, yeah, three grades, one place. Uh, Panthers dominant all three grades. Our Jersey flag sides are probably the most likely to crack them this weekend. We need you all there. But if you can't get there, you can watch the New South Cup and the NRL on Fox Sports or KO this weekend. So you get out there and support the uh, boat, all the grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go to our new uh, segment of the show. We've just wrapped up with our lower grade watch. A <laughs> new segment yeah. is... Uh, Not a segment we will do every week, but I think we should at least aim to do it every Two or three weeks, I reckon. Yeah, so we've done it last week because it was brand new. It was just a quick thought of mine that I messaged you on a, I think it was a Sunday a couple of weeks ago, and we just went, we just ran with it, and it 
Well, that's good. right. The idea of the podcast was to share views of the fans, whether that's our views or your views. So um, it was good to get sort of back to that, especially it's hard when you're losing all the time, isn't it? You lose sight of that a little bit. So it's good to get back to that, get your guys, um, not just questions, but opinions on, well, let's say player selections, because that's what we got this week. <laughs> yeah, we do have player selections. And this is from the Rugby League guy on it. Instagram page. So go out there and give him a follow as well. Um, so thanks for reaching out. His first comment was saying team selections poor at best. There was very little to work with, but however, he came back um, to say this is the back line that he would run with, assuming that all the players are fit. So Nick Mini at fullback, Nick Kotrick on the wing, Aaron Shoup, Jake Avrilo in the centers, Corey Allen on the other wing. Oh, Lachlan, sorry, who, sorry, go again. Who's the fullback? Fullback, Nick Meany. Yep. Wingers, Nick Kotrick. Yep. And Corey Allen. On the wings. Okay, yep. yep. The centers are Aaron Shoup. Yep. And Jake Avarillo. Okay. 5'8", Lachlan Lewis. Halfback, Kyle Flanagan is what he was going to say. Dietz, the starting hooker, was mm. another thing that he said. Uh, Narpin to never wear the jersey again. This is, again, this is just quoting... And this Dury, is that rugby league guy. <laughs> yeah, and Dury to be regularly in the starting 17 constantly. Right. So let's work our way backwards. Dury to be in the starting 17 constantly. I agree. And we've seen that. Saw that last week. We're going to see that again think, this week. I think you said that from the start of the show. Should we? Yeah. Starting. So I think that I agree with you. Yeah. So let's. Dylan Narpin never to wear the jersey again. Very harsh, that rugby league guy. Um, but I do believe that this will be the last year we have Dylan Narpin in our team. Would you? Yep. Would that be fair to say? No, I 100% agree. I think, out there. Yep. Yeah, I think that the Bulldogs are looking to clear some some space in the salary cap. And mm. uh, fortunately for Dylan Napa, he currently holds We, talk, we spoke about last week refreshing that forward pack. So to do that, we need to let some people go. Yeah, and yeah, fortunately, uh, Dylan Napa. Mm-hmm. What was the next one? Bradley, Bradley Deed starting hooker? Starting hooker. This looks like anyone's fully fit. Yeah, Obviously, well... Look, it's an interesting one because probably a couple of weeks ago I would have said something along the lines of, I'd like to see how that go. But I don't think he's really proven himself to get that opportunity at the moment. And we spoke about it when we went for the team lineup this week. Um, Topine to start, sorry, Topani to start and uh, Dietz on the bench. I think that's pretty, pretty the way it should be at the moment. Pretty right. Yeah, so I'd have to say Dietz starting hooker, and he's got to show me more. But however, sometimes I don't mind a player, you know, who's just a genuine bench player who just could ch- turn the game on its head and be thinking. I think that's an underrated thing. I don't think everyone needs to start. I think uh, Dietz needs to start. I mean, very hard with the forward pack. I understand that. Like, he would be playing a hell of a lot better in a Panthers outfit or a Roosters outfit, mm-hmm. but that's, a lot of players would be in mm-hmm. saying that. But having a forward pack that actually wins a bit of the battle. Yeah could actually help Dietz run out of dummy half a lot more and open opportunities for mm-hmm. him to actually run out of dummy half. So I think if Dietz is going to have a... I mean, he's 26, I believe. He's, so he's a bit of an older head playing top grade for the first season. I think if he's going to play four, five, six years in his NRL career, I think Ben Chooker is pretty much going to be 90% of his games. Yeah, and who knows? He might, he might end up being a starting hooker and being more of a starting hooker than a bench player. But right now... I don't, I, I don't agree yeah. with you. I don't think he's proven to have that opportunity. If he's maybe more dominant off the bench, you might want to go give him a crack and see what happens. But 
I don't think he's proven that yet. Well, okay. I think he's got that potential. I just really think, sorry, just he's got that really good potential when we saw in the trial where he just came running out of everything and he just kept running. I think there's no shame in being a great uh, interchange bench player. Like, I yeah. think he could make a really long-term career being that guy who plays hooker. And he might suck sometimes because, you know, when you start hooker goes down, your New South Wales Cup guy gets caught up to play starting hooker the next week or whatever, or you have a half shift or whatever. But... I think if he's going to play long-term, I don't think he's going to be a starter. So the next change there was the halves and flooding at halfback, Lachlan Lewis at 5'8"? Yes, correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I don't think it's smart to have a player play 5'8 that's not going to be at your club next year in a key position. So I, I disagree with Lachlan at 5'8 position. Um, and, yeah, Kyle Flanagan, when he's fit, playing his best football, is the best halfback in the team, so I agree there. Okay, so I agree. Like, I think first and foremost, when Lachlan Lewis is at his best, he does just kicks long and tackles. He doesn't create too much in the attacking sense. He a lot of the time he slow like he slows it down. So his defense is where his keys at, and he's I suppose he could do hike up. He could put a decent ish kick in, uh, but his kicking game is very one dimensional. He doesn't add anything. And when you got Flanagan, whose strengths is probably more that he, he's probably more kicking as opposed to that, I don't think I think there has to be someone who breaks that up to be like a threat in NRL. So you need someone who can genuinely complement the other. I think they take away. I think they both add similar things at their best. That's the first point I'd make in that, which is so if you you either play Lachlan or Kyle Flanagan, I think, mm. and. Then you look at it, Flanagan's contract is three years. Lachlan Lewis is quoted to be saying that he's putting his resume out there looking for stuff for next season. Uh, so it doesn't sound too positive that he's sticking around at uh, Belmore next year. So therefore, to add to your point, 100% agree. You've got a 5'8", who looks like he's looking elsewhere for next year, or a half, sorry, looking elsewhere for next year. Probably not the best. Probably fills in when uh, Flanagan's out. It'd be my answer to that. So... I wouldn't have that. But who would you have at 5'8", then? Um, right now. Right now. Uh, Amarillo, right now. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to leave Shift Jake back to 5'8". Yeah, okay. And then the centres we had... Um, who who do we have as the centres from we, that Rodrigo guy? Aaron Shoup and yep. Jake Amarillo. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, Aaron Shoup... Uh, done nothing wrong in his first game, and I think he's got potential to be a really great player if he stays a long time. We've already spoke about him on this podcast, so I sort of agree. I think he should be given that spot for the rest of the year to really show what he can bring to the team going forward. Um, and well, I've got Avarillo at five eight, so I can't have him at centre as well. But I, mean, I think I wish long, you could long du- uh, duplicate him. <laughs> long term, I think centre is his position. No, um, he's got a pretty good kicking game on him. He can play in the halves. Uh, possibly a lock, roaming lock, perhaps defend out in the centres and come roaming lock, Tyrone Peachy style, while we got the ball. I don't know, um, but I like him at centre because we can set him up, or he can have less effort players but more hundred like hundred and ten percent. We've seen that when he's played at centre before. Get it out to him, and he goes bang and does something. I feel like with the responsibility of running a team in the halves, it does weigh him down a little bit. So long term, I think he's a centre. But okay, if you're picking a centre or a fullback, <laughs> okay. So if you're picking a centre, 
for this week, I guess, or for this year. Yeah. Uh, so it's not him. So you've said Aaron can stay at centre. Mm. Who's going to be the other centre? Is it Will Hoppawati? Well, it depends who you got on the wings. I would personally go with somebody like, um, well, I'd prefer Kotrek on the wing, Dallin at fullback, um, probably Meany on the wing. Who else we got there? Who did Shoot replace? Well, he's wearing number Shop. three, so he would have been replacing Will Hoppawati, I guess. No, 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 in, in, in the real world. Oh, Hoppawati. okay. So he replaced... Uh, ooh. He replaced uh, Tui Katoa. Tui Katoa, okay, which yeah. Which moved yeah. Nick Mini back to the wing. Yeah, okay. So we could have Nick Mini at centre, which I don't really like Tui on the I wing. I thought he played all right. Yeah, and they'll have... Oh, oh no, game. Corey Allen! Corey Allen! Yes, so... <laughs> I'd have Corey Allen and Aaron Shoup. Mini and Kotrek on the wings. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, at this moment, like I said, I think Meany's probably where he's coming from. I can understand where the rugby guy's coming from. Mm. I think Meany's the be- better all-round fullback when it comes to like attacking plays and finishing them off. Like I feel like mm. he's, he's probably got a pass in him and a run now that I felt mm. like last year um, or two years ago, not as much. I feel like Dallin runs first, which is his instinct, and Hoppawati just passes the ball at fullback. He won't run. So I think at our current rate, if we're looking at this year with our forward pack, we don't have a forward pack what wins battles, uh, and Dallin can actually help them win because he runs like he's a maniac at a all all game. So I would have to say Dallin wins more tackles than he loses. Uh, so I'd have to have him at fullback just because of our forward pack and the balance of the side. That yeah. sounds pretty sad, but you need a fullback that can help our forward pack out because they're not doing much for them. They're not winning the battle yeah. in the middle, Look, so therefore Dallin can help that. I agree, out. and I wouldn't mind switching Dallin with Corey if, if, if for some reason we're on a losing streak because we're not that great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and you want to mix it up a bit, Dallin playing centre and Corey playing fullback, I'm probably just as comfortable with as Corey at centre and Dallin at fullback. That's how yes. I'd go. Yeah, I have to agree with that uh, thing. Uh, with pretty much almost identical with the way we've selected the team. So no arguments here. I can kind of send, but he also made the uh, point. I'm with you though. I'm sorry, just to interrupt there for a quick second. I'm with, I'm with you as well. And uh, that rugby league guy, I know where he's coming from with each, each selection. Oh yeah. I mean, and you couldn't blame someone for trying this. The one thing he just cut out Dallin from his side. Yeah. Completely. And he's coming second on our podcast player of the year. So <laughs> is it saying that our... There's a uh, section of Twitter that doesn't that aren't fans of Dallin. Oh, yeah. Or, or get, social media. So I'll, I'll put that down to that. Yeah, or um, well, our second best player of the year deserves to be dropped because that's how player season's having as well. That well, could be... To be fair, our second best player of the year is playing like three good games and just because we agree he's got some bonus points and <laughs> up he goes. Yeah, he's, collected some <laughs> extra, he's collected some extra treats on the way yeah, out. Uh, I would have to... So I, yeah, I understand. I 100% agree with what you're saying. I understand where it's coming from. I absolutely love the Matt Dury inclusion. Yeah, more of Matt Dury. Uh, yes, please. He looks really good. Love uh, Matty Dury. I would like to... I don't know if we could see more of Dietz in the sense of off the interchange bench or just give Dietz the confidence. I don't know if it's a coaching thing or he's not winning the forwards if he doesn't see the opportunity in front of him where he needs to run. But you almost would go up to him on the game hey, and say, hey, if you've seen any chance to run, back yourself, mate. Like, what he did in that trial, 
you would probably wouldn't mind him running more um, things. I can see that. Kotrick's, like I said, he's just a, a winger, like an absolute superstar winger. Like he kind of has the potential to be a Brett Morris out there. So well, he already is. Oh yeah, but yeah, I want to represent the Blues and Australia. Yeah, he has, but I want to see long term, like the long long term. Yeah, I think he will. He'll do it. Yeah, no, but I was just saying that's why he's got the potential to be Brett Morris if he can do it. I'm thinking more Matty Utah. Well, 160 he games. Reminds me, no, he reminds me more of Matt Utah style than a Brett Morris style. Oh, yeah, but I'm just I don't think you're going to see Nick Kotrick somersault outside the field and somehow score a try, but he's going to friggin' run over the top of you and leave you behind. Oh, yeah, I get, yeah, I get that. I just mean he could be a superstar yeah, like yeah. Brett Morris. And when people say in 10 years' time, when Nick's about to retire or whatever, when he has retired, that you'd say when people go, Brett Morris, Nick Kotrick, you know, you kind of debate and say who was better. That's kind of where I'm. Mm. Putting where he's got the potential to be, so yeah, and like you said, check over like next season at center, maybe yeah, put him there this year, take the weight off his shoulders where he's coming from. So yeah, but then he also goes to say when the first one team selection's poor at its best, yeah. can we maybe touch up in the sense is the team selection's poor at its best? The way what Trent Barrett <laughs> is he selecting? Sorry, it's a tricky one. Trent no, I know you said. Yeah, you made sense. Um... No, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to rephrase the question. I, I don't know why. Has Trent Barrett's selections been poor? Overall. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I We don't have the depth, really. Like That's what it comes down to, right? Like We want to make mass changes. I want to get rid of more players that we have to replace them, unfortunately, from our efforts yeah. recently, if, if you're being completely honest. Um, I reckon he's done what he can with what he's got. And the changes that he has made, he's, I think he started off a team pretty similar to last year's team in players and positions, excluding the new Kotricks and Corey Allen and all that. I thought the players pretty much started off in their normal positions. And then it hasn't worked. He's made a few changes here and there. Some changes I've liked more than others. This week, loving the fact that Tony and Ogden miss out. Um, well, that's a bit of an ouch to them too. Like. <laughs> uh, how many times do I need to say it? We need to change the forward balance in our team. And honestly, like, Napa's going to go. Uh, Ogden could go and Atani could go. And depending on the replacements that we get in, I wouldn't be necessarily upset about it. Okay. No, no I get you. We and that's, that. and Atani, look, we're not if Atani's got the ability to go to another team and be a superstar. He probably will be. But right now, we need to not have these youngsters lead the way. We need somebody to be with Thompson. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like, too, a change of dressing room for them. Yeah. Might do them. Yeah. I think it's like a, one of those ones where it's good for both parties. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Like, I so I, I like that. I like Heverington starting because if he's going to be what we want him to be, he needs to be starting. So he needs to give him the opportunity like Larpa got. In the last two, three years. Um, Thompson, obviously, starting it's good. Dury and Elliot are in the second row. That might change. Elliot might play Lockton. Jackson might be on the edge because I think uh, Elliot spent some time on the edge last week despite being starting locked. So there might be some shifts around there. I don't think you could do much else. What else are you going to do? Well, what I was thinking is that, that has his selection been poor? I think harsh because, like you said, the cattle then you've got to replace someone who's... They're all saying, yeah. if you have someone better there to 
be re- like replaced. Yeah. So, but what I would like, or what I would maybe suggest, is that he's dropped some players that are younger players. Um, think that I think maybe for the team overall, I think a big message to send through would be making that tough call and dropping a more senior like player. And I've got three in mind that reach the, uh, which is not a nice thing to say, but reach a potential to be dro- like. Yeah. So you're going to say Will Hopalati? Yes. Uh, you're going to say Adam Elliott? Yes. And who's your third? Dylan Napa. Okay. Okay. Now, and I'm not trying to diss any of the players, and I love mm. them all. And but when you're making a team selection, you can love all the players all you want, but you got to pick 17 of them to play. Yeah. To play, and you can't pick 30 because if you could, you would. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that you have to drop all three of them at once. That'd be always well, you, crazy. You can't. You can't. Yeah. But you, you could, cr- you're saying let's make a statement and drop Hopalati, yeah. for example, so everyone's on their toes. Yeah, because like, yeah. I, I actually honestly think that smashes then. I mean, working with a football team before even at a, like at a reserve grade level, yeah. they dropped the captain one week after a poor performance. The captain, gone. Safest player out of the squad. Next week they win. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of like, whoa, like everyone lifted. The captain got back in the week after. Uh, mm. off the interchange bench. It was kind of like, wow, like, still club captain, by the way, but sending a message, like, I still think if you drop Hopawadi, you're like, holy crap, this guy's played for Tonga. This guy beat Australia. Yeah. He's been that side that beat Australia. He's played New South Wales. Same yeah. thing for Bill Napa, Premiership winner. Origin I get where you're coming from. I'll tell you what makes that harder, though, is that I think up until last week, we've had seven players on the top 30 injured on the sidelines. Yeah, I agree. So but that, that makes that harder. They're slowly coming back. So maybe we might see that later on. Uh, can we deal with not having that experience on the field at the moment? Who knows? Maybe it might be a good thing. We don't have the replacement with players that don't have the scars of losing constantly. Yeah. Um, no, just, but, just... You know, like, look, with, with the cattle that we've had, with the injuries that we've had as well, I think not enough has been made about the injuries. Seven injuries is quite a lot. Top mm. 30 players, seven players that would have been starting 17, probably, and not yeah. playing. Like that's a lot. Um, so that hasn't really been given much talk. Uh, so with with that in in consideration as well, I don't think you can really say uh, it's shit team selection. That's what. Yeah, I agree. But one, what I we could have made this week is uh, dropping Adam Elliott because Josh Jackson returned. Yeah. So you you're back row, but Corey Waddell gets dropped from the squad. Yeah, but you could argue that that's the right decision as well. Yeah, but I, yeah, I just, I just I feel like Adam Elliott would have to send shockwaves, assuming that he signed a long-term deal with the club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's the only thing I could potentially suggest, but I'm not trying to diss any of the players as well while I'm saying that. I'm just trying to think of a selection. We're just trying to answer the question. Um, well, I think we've covered that, that, uh, that topic there, Scott. We did. It's always fun. So if you got anything, please... Um, Send them through on our socials and all that. Uh, like we said, we might do it every two or three weeks. Uh, depends. Uh, if you send us a lot, we might do it every... Sometimes we might have to break them up a little bit. But, yeah, send them over whenever. We don't have to be invited to ARCs. Just... Just send us your thoughts. Yeah, send us your thoughts. Alrighty, Anytime, sorry. message and anything like that. Um, but, yeah. Now we've got to our final uh, segment of the show. It's which, back. It's back. It's had a week off. Uh, you know I like linking my uh, who we versed this week. Yeah. To a, a link to the old old club if it's a positive story or if it's something about them 
you know, or ex-player of both teams. Uh, this one is an ex-player of both teams, but he didn't play much for Penrith. Jamal Idris. It's not Jamal Idris. <laughs> uh, this person, the reason I picked him is because he grew up in the Penrith area. Grew up in Mount Druitt. Ah, uh, it's Steve Turner. Yeah, it's Steve Turner. I knew I'd say that. We'll get rid of you. Oh. Uh, remember, yes, we actually met him in the uh, grand final in 2014, and he delayed an interview for us. <laughs> I that because, and they were like, come on, Steve, on the radio. And he goes, give me a second. Uh, so I thought that was a... He's a very good uh, gentleman. Very nice guy. I thought we might have to call the police to get rid of him now. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a good guy. He's um, an awesome guy. But yeah, I, I love the story. He grows up in Mandurit. So for those who are unaware of... I mean, well, I mean, most people will know the suburb from Sydney mm. anyway. It is a socially low-income earning area. Mm. Uh, so the demographic, you know, tend to be more working class, a lot more single parent type of thing. I'm not saying that Steve Turner. No, I'm just saying the whole demographic area is that. Like it's a, it's traditionally a low a social economic yeah. area. Yeah, it's a struggling area, but it's always good to see someone come out of that area and uh, be yeah. like, yeah, I mean, inspiration. He played two games for the Penrith Peps between 2002 2003, so it would have been awesome to don on the local team uh, to wear that jersey. Before making his name at Melbourne Storm for 105 NRL games uh, between 2004 and 2009, and then finishing off his career at the uh, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, he only played the 54 games at the Bulldogs. But it felt—I don't know—it felt like a bit longer. It felt like a bulldog. He felt like a from the moment he walked in the door. Yeah, well, he's really made the Bulldogs his club, hasn't he? Well, yeah, he's he played more games at um, well, more games and more years at Melbourne, but. Um... I think he wanted to finish in Sydney and he wanted to live in Sydney and since he's retired he's really made players sort of once they retire connect to one team more than another or that sort of thing he's definitely a bulldog but listen to this stat right you think of Steve Turner tell me what you think just think just yeah, what's, when I, what's the link? yeah well, no, when I say Steve Turner yeah what do you think oh um solid um played above his weight uh, quality winger, probably underrated. Yeah, so that's exactly the underrated winger. Every uh, team needed them, you know. They probably deserved more on their pay packet, but you know, you just those those type of players. 161 NRL games for 82 tries. This guy knows how to find a try line. Mm. That's a great strike rate for any winger in the competition. That's a very underrated. Uh... And a 75% goal kicker as well. Yes, but yeah, 75 percent goal kicker, <laughs> 74 from 99 goals. Mm. Again, underrated with the boot. I do remember him missing an easy one. I just remember one sticking out, but I haven't, haven't the best missed easy ones. So that's a good goal kicking percentage. And he's a well, it was back then. It wouldn't be acceptable now. Oh, great handy <laughs> backup. Great number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great number two. And he wins 63 over 63 percent of the times he's in. So he's a winner. Hmm. He 63 percent of NRL matches that he's played in, he's won. Yep. Also, uh, uh, appearance for the New South Wales Blues. Yes. Uh, one game for the Blues. Uh, one game for New South Wales City. He scored two tries and kicked four goals in that game in 2012. So, mm-hmm. like, I always thought of Steve Turner, like you said, safe, reliable, trustworthy. Played over his, played over his weight. You know, a, you know, definitely a popular character in the sheds with mm-hmm. the players. Absolutely loved him. But you. You look at 82 tries and only 161 NRL games. Unfortunately, his career was cut short in 2013. He couldn't finish off the year. Unfortunately, with that injury in 2012, that he came back for a little bit, then he had to 
unfortunately call it quits. Yeah, I think he had some injuries when he was playing out at Penrith as well, which is yeah. initially why he went down to Melbourne, I think. So yeah. injuries throughout the career, unfortunately. Yeah, he could have played a lot more, but he's definitely a legend nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not just a legend on the field. He's a uh, content, uh, content producer of the club. He's done some emceeing and events, members' days, helping out Steve Allen and previous years on game day. Uh, so a lot around the social media. He's definitely always around the club. You can always see Steve Turner around game day in his Bulldogs gear, uh, speaking to the boys. He does the uh, injury reports every week as well on the so- club social medias. Uh, so he's definitely involved mm-hmm. in the club heavily still to this day. So like you said, he's retired from the club, but he hasn't left since 2013. He's still been there. Yeah. From the moment he walked in the door in uh, the 2009 off-season, replacing the great Hasimov Majri too, by the way. No one... Mm. Uh, he did, did it well too. Um, he's hasn't said his goal kicking could be better, could be about eighty <laughs> percent. But apart from that, he said he's all right. Speaking about social medias, last week we had a question in by the uh, the doghouse dot one nine three five on Instagram. Oh yes, I um, love that page. By the way, I've gone back and followed it this past week, and if you're not following it, you're wrong. Get onto the the doghouse dot uh, nineteen thirty five. Some really great content there. I'll go as far as to say it's the best. Bulldogs fan page on Instagram. Apart from our one. Uh, uh, including us. Oh, our one. <laughs> when it comes to producing content at his standard. Yeah, wow. We're not getting a job there, are we? All right, Scotty. What are our socials? Yeah, so you follow us on Twitter. That's where I think we do our best work at NRL Bulldogs fans. Instagram, NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Uh, our Facebook page is just NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. Guess a like. That's actually growing quite quickly quite fast so make sure you go in there like follow us and if you want to send us an email uh for a topic on the show or telling us how good we are or how bad we are all feedback's appreciated and our bulldogs.fans just, at just, remember, just remember scott you're never going as good as you think you are you're never as bad as they say you are yeah so good so <laughs> we're sitting yeah okay i like that i like that as a way to finish so that's how you get in touch with us any opinions on the show or any thoughts or any extra questions, we're happy to help as much as we possibly can. But if you have anything that you want to uh, reach out or even jump on the show, yeah, they're going to get in touch with us because we've had... Yeah, uh, we haven't done that for a while, have we? Yeah. Uh, and in focus episodes, if you want to be on the episode, just tell us. Or if you want your opinion shared and don't want to be on the the, the show, we've just had tell some, us. <laughs> We've had a good one over Christmas period where they rate the top five episodes. So they do a the heavily liked and we have a bit of fun get to meet someone new uh and actually andrew <laughs> yeah. saw us on twitter he's uh perfect he's got the best voice for it and he's had some fun we've had a good chat with him and you know kept in touch with him as well so it's good fun to do those episodes but yeah that's how you get in touch with us uh and also we've got to do, be doing some giveaways shortly in the middle of the year yes i need to get onto that yeah that was a <laughs> All right. Thanks for a good episode, Scotty. Bye, guys. Thank you.